Yep, it's the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast. Here we go. There were three men come out of the west, their fortunes for to try. And these three men made a solemn vow, John Barleycorn should die. They've ploughed, they've sown, they followed him in, throwed clods upon his head. And these three men made a solemn vow, John Ballycorn was dead. Hello, and welcome once again to the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. This is webisode number 37, and it'll be posted Friday, April 9th in the year 2020. And never fear, the lava lamp is in fact burning brightly in the lab as a beacon for all the lost souls in the world. May they find their way home. And total transparency, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a little bit of a different show tonight. Um, It's probably going to be a little shorter than what you're used to, and my co-hosts are not here. I'm all alone in the lab tonight. Um, What was that little song about at the beginning? John Barleycorn Must Die. Well, the original version of that song was called John Barleycorn. The, the rest, the, the must die, the morbid part of the title was tacked on a little later. And originally it was an Irish folk song. Um, it, it dates way, way back. It is very common to see versions of the song that go all the way back to the early 17th century. So it's been around for quite a long time. And what it's about, as you heard there at the very beginning, there was three men that were moving west to make their fortune, essentially. And they pledged that John Barleycorn must die. Well, who are these three guys and why must John Barleycorn die? Well, the most traditional interpretation are that these three men are a farmer, a miller, and a distiller. And John Barleycorn is barley, the crop barley, which is highly used in both baking and the manufacturing of both beer and whiskey. So uh, anyone headed west to want to make their fortune, the barley market was a good bet. A lot of people were using it. It was a commodity and gave you the ability to create other commodities such as alcohol and beer. So the reason John Barleycorn must die is, uh, as is depicted in the song, in somewhat of a morbid fashion, When they talk about using the marrow of his bones and grinding his bones between stones, um, the depiction there is the grinding of the grain and the using of the grain, basically sucking the marrow out um, to use in distilling. So, John Barleycorn must die so that we can have bread, beer, and whiskey. There is another school of thought out there that thinks maybe the song has um, darker origins. Perhaps it's even older than we may think, and that some of these uh, kind of more gruesome images are um, depictions of pagan human sacrifice and some of the things that were going on back in the Dark Ages in Britain. 
So you heard a little bit of that song at the opening of the show, John Barleycorn. Uh, Traffic did a version of the song John Barleycorn Must Die. It's been done uh, several times. It's been around for a long time. Jack London wrote a book called John Barleycorn. Really great book. I highly suggest you go out and get it. And it's uh, essentially his biography. What it really kind of truly is, is a biography of his alcoholism, or at least uh, a biography of his relationship with alcohol. Some of my favorite quotes from the book are, I have no constitutional predisposition for alcohol. I am not stupid. I am not a swine. I know the drinking game from A to Z, and I have used my judgment in drinking. The whole time he's talking to himself, telling himself, oh, you're, you're not an alcoholic. You don't even really like to drink. Um, another one of my favorite quotes from the book says, alcohol tells the truth, but its truth is not normal. Another great Jack Lennon quote from John Barleycorn, the fortunate man is the one who cannot take more than a couple of drinks without becoming intoxicated. It is nothing new, these vital lies men tell themselves, muttering and mumbling them like charms and incantations against the powers of night. And my favorite quote from John Barleycorn is, I was five years old the first time I got drunk. So... Uh, Jack London's biographical account of his relationship with alcohol, John Barleycorn. I mean, Jack London was a gnarly dude, to put it in the parlance, um, to use the colloquial terms. He was, uh, he was the real deal. When he wrote about going up and uh, digging for gold in the Yukon, it's because he had gone to the Yukon and dug for gold. If you know anything about the Yukon gold strike, the guys that went up there and did that, uh, the Yukon <laughs> is a very cold and desolate place. And to go up there and try to dig through the permafrost, and a lot of these kids, they, they didn't know what they were doing. And at the time, they were kids. John, Jack Lennon's coming from California, and he's headed up into the Alaskan, you know, essentially the outback with a pick and a shovel to try to dig through frozen ground and see if he can find gold. And that's, and they were moving up there by droves to do it. It was wild. So that was just one of the things he did. He talks about in his book when he was young, another way that he made money is he was shoveling coal and his wrists would get so tired and sore and swollen from shoveling coal that he would wrap his, he would take belts and he would wrap belts around his wrists and forearms in order to sustain uh, the, the rest of his shift. And, and he'd pulled, you know, 12 hour shifts shoveling coal to literally thought his, his, his wrists were going to snap off and then you know he'd go home and sleep it off a little bit and get up and they'd go get himself into a, a local boxing match pick up a couple extra dollars a little bar boxing um wild he he, he went out it was on a uh spent time on oyster boats and a lot of time um at sea had a, a real affinity love for the for the pacific ocean and the ocean in general take the boat um after he retired he he continued to sail um, in fact, a lot of people say that uh, in his travels on his boat is where he, uh, his, he got the blood poisoning that would eventually kill him. Um, then other people say it was alcoholism. Uh, there are some people that say it was suicide. Uh, so anyway, a little bit of jo about John Barleycorn. Barley, as I mentioned earlier, is used in the production of beer and whiskey. Um, why we use barley 
in whiskey production is because it has an enzyme in it called amylase enzyme. And what amylase does is when you mix it with a starch, it converts that starch into sugar. So when you use barley, distillers like to use six-row barley. When you use a six-row barley, it's full of enzyme. It's got a ton of amylase in it. And when you mix that with your corn in your mash bill, um, the amylase is extracted from the barley and then it starts to act on the starches of the corn to break them down into sugars. And then when you pitch your yeast on it, the sugars are accessible to the yeast and the yeast can convert the sugars into alcohol. And that's why um, barley was a traditional uh, grain used in distilling. As we've also talked on the show, single malt, when you hear of a, a whiskey referred to as a single malt, that means the entire mash bill is barley. Malted barley. What is a malted grain? A malted grain is a grain that has been sprouted. Essentially, a grain is a seed. So you germinate the seed. You, you sprout the seed. It starts to grow. It spits out a little, 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 little leaf, little seedling. And then as soon as it starts to sprout, you... By some means, you arrest that growth. So you stop the growth so it doesn't continue to grow. Um, in single malt, they, uh, in scotch, they use, um, they use heat that they create with, by burning peat, and that's why you get that very distinct flavor. Uh, in in Scotch whiskey is because the peat smoke is being imbued into the grain itself during uh, the process of malting, which you know they have sprouted the grain and now they are arresting the further growth, and that's what and, it, and during that process it takes on a bunch of the peat smoke taste. Um, in uh, there's many many ways to 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 malt grain, but essentially. What it means is to sprout it and then stop it from continuing to grow, whether you put it out in the sun or you heat it up with steam or in a kiln or, or with, with smoke. Um, that is what it means to, to malt a grain. And so that being said, now you know a little bit about why you use barley in distilling, what it means when someone says malted barley or any malted grain. And the reason why you malt grain is because it, converts starch into enzymes and sugars again make it much more responsive to fermentation much more the sugars much more accessible to the yeast and the enzymes much more accessible to help in the conversion that conversion is called sacrification and sacrification is the process of breaking down complex carbohydrates like corn or sugarcane into monosaccharide components into sugar it's the third step in the process of creating starch ethanol, and it happens during the mashing process. The mashing process is literally, and we've talked about this before, is putting your malted grain, all your grain, in warm water, hot water, and the hot water uh, acts as your extractor. It pulls the sugars, the starches, the enzymes out of the grain and allows them to all mix together and get happy and do their thing. And then when the when the yeast gets pitched in there, it, it the water acts as the conduit or the medium for the yeast to do what it wants to do. It cruises around and it has access to everything and, and can 
uh, eat and easily move from from you know molecule to molecule, and so everyone loves the the hot tub, and that's kind of uh, a little bit about I don't know the process of distillation and barley and uh, the story of John Barleycorn. Hopefully, you got a little something out of that. Um, and that's pretty much all I got for you this week, ladies and gentlemen. I gotta be honest, I'm calling it short. Um, I am gonna play a complete version of the song John Barleycorn Must Die, and this is done by my nephew, Sean O'Brien, that hails from Durango, Colorado, and he's been a guest on the show before. In fact, if you haven't, go ahead and check out his episode. That is webisode number 10. And, uh, like I said, this is Sean O'Brien. You can find him on Spotify. In fact, this song is on Spotify. And this is his version of John Barleycorn Must Die. And next week, we will be back with our normally scheduled programming. Um, Both of my compatriots will be joining me back here in the lab. And uh, I'm also trying to put together a musical guest. So please stay tuned. Have fun out there. And we look forward to seeing you right here next week on the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast.
hired men with a scythe so sharp to cut him off at the knee. They rolled him and tied him by the waist, serving him most barbarously. They've hired men with the sharp pitchforks who pricked him to the heart. And the loader he is serving worse than that, for he's bound into the cart.
The huntsman he can't hunt the fox Nor so loudly to blow his horn And the tinker he can't mend Cattle nor pot Without a lid